All right, Brad, we are back. What do we have? Two weeks left in this season? 12 games, man. We have two Jeez. Mondays off, including tonight, next Monday. 12 games left. This is the home stretch. This is crazy. I, can't, I still can't believe it that we only have two weeks left in the season, 12 games, one game separating us and the evil empire. And, uh, man, it's definitely getting fun. Everybody's tense. I think Giants <laughs> fans are we're very tense right now, so which is understandable. So both teams, Giants and Dodgers, are at 150 games. Mm-hmm. So 12, like you said, to end the season. And uh, the Rays, who were kind of, you know, the Rays were, were sneakily kind of, you know, almost neck and neck with those teams. They've fallen off a bit. They had a bad last 10 games. So they only have 92 wins. Giants have 97. Dodgers have 96. The Braves are in first in the East with 77 wins. It's amazing. Wow. Uh, Milwaukee, 91, but Milwaukee's like clinched everything almost uh, for their side. Tampa Bay, 92 wins. Chicago, 85, and Houston, 88. And really, like when when we talk about close pennant races, I mean, close divisional races, uh, in in the AL, unless the top team in, uh, in each of those divisions somehow just, you know, takes a poop right in their bed they're 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 good they're good to yeah. go for the division it's always possible but looking at the, i mean look at those standings i houston's got a six game lead tampa bay's got a six and a half game lead cleveland i mean uh, chicago white Sox. that they'll wrap that 11 up. and a half yeah, yeah and, and, so, and in the national league the west and the east are still up for grabs giants one yeah. game up you know giants have the best record in baseball and the mm-hmm. smallest advantage in the division <laughs> exactly and uh, philadelphia yeah. philadelphia is on the heels of the braves they are two games back 76 and 73 with uh they have 13 games left and the braves uh also have no the braves the Braves only have 147 games played, so I don't know what's going on with. They have like 15 games left. Where do they make them up? Do they have double well, headers coming up? I'm, now I'm curious. I want to go to their schedule. This is uh, off topic, something we weren't going to talk about, but now we're talking about the Braves' schedule. So here we go. They've got um, Diamondbacks for four. They left the, so they left San Francisco yesterday. Go to Arizona for four. Double header with the Padres on Friday. Um, yeah, that's like a wow. They start at 5 p.m. with a double header. Oh, they've got so a they finish have, a game. That's a finish game. Okay. Do they have yeah. no days off? Uh, they have next Monday off. Huh. So, man, I wonder, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they're like, like I wonder if they they will have to make up a game if if it's necessary or they just won't make up that game because that's that's true because a lot of times they do get a rain out they do get something that happens and they won't schedule it unless they absolutely have to because what'd you say they're at one forty seven yes one forty eight forty nine fifty fifty one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eight. yeah they'll be one game short. Uh, so if they need to play that game, they will. I can't tell you who it's against because I'm not going to go all the way back in the schedule. But, yeah, well, yeah, we'll have to um, figure that out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know, all of that to say this, which is, this is going to be an intense stretch of baseball yeah. for Giants and Dodgers fans. Do you have any Dodger 
fan friends in your life? I got Dodger fan family members. That's <laughs> how bad it is. Yes, I do. I have uh, three, my brother-in-law, my sister, my nephew. They're all Dodger fans, unfortunately. Um, actually, and my sister-in-law is also a Dodger fan. She's the one I was telling you about who's, I think, kind of coming around to the mm-hmm. way of the Giants. I'm not really sure. I think she says that to make us feel good. Um and then uh, not really, not really friends who are Dodger fans. I don't think that's legal. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> I don't mix that. Okay, so the question I have for you, yeah. is how confident are those Dodger fan friends, Dodger fan family, in the Dodgers winning this division? They are frustrated at this point that they are not five or six games ahead. Mm-hmm. I think because that's what they kept saying, you know, June, July, yeah. August, we're going to blow past you guys. It's going to happen. It, it didn't. So I think at this point right now, there's not a lot of confidence as there is as much frustration. I think they're irritated that there's still a game behind us. Um, and then they, you know, cite the schedule and, you know, well, finishing out the season, you guys have it harder than we do. We're like, mm, but you got Milwaukee the last three games. And you know how it works in baseball. It's not the same as football. They're not necessarily going to be resting entire rosters like you do in football when you have like the number one seed locked up. Milwaukee's still going to be fighting for advantage because if they can somehow get past us and the Dodgers for a better record. And they played the Dodgers, what, last three games of the season. So if they can somehow pass them, then if they have to play a series, they have that advantage because they'll get to be able to play that series uh, with home field advantage. And, and so so it kind of makes a big a big deal. Plus, do you, do you want to rest hot batters in, in baseball for three straight games? No. I mean, because then you go, you've already got four or five built-in days off afterwards. Get as many ABs as you can. Keep your rhythm going. Same with pitching. You don't want to, you don't want to rest a lot of your pitchers because you don't want them to have two weeks off before they go into the playoffs. So it's a little, you know, it's different than, than football in that sense. Um, but yeah, I think, I think more than anything, it's irritation. I don't know if there's any, confidence going on at this point with them i still my one and only friend who i communicate with day in and day out who is a dodgers fan he's up and down Mm. and first he's just like man you guys never lose and then he's like you know what i'm not worried we can still do it (laughs) and then he's like oh you know if we play in the playoffs in, in a five game series i'm confident and then i would tell him i'm like well if you think you're the much better team, you probably want the seven gamer rather than the five gamer. And he's like, no, no, I think we'll be fine. So he's kind Ooh. of up and down. All right. And, and, you know, I just tell him, I'm like, you guys have like maybe the greatest single roster in the history of major league baseball. And we're <laughs> beating you <laughs> right <laughs> day in and day out uh, in, in the season series. I mean, yeah, yeah. All those things. I got next door neighbor, uh, I see him out there every now and then. He's an Angels fan, older guy. He um, he told me he goes, "You don't want to face the Dodgers in a in a best of five series." And I said, "I don't know. I think we could take him in a best of five, like you said too." Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, best of seven is probably be a little harder. Difficult. Yeah, a little, a little bit more difficult. I don't want to face the Brewers. Brewers in a best of five. That's yeah. the nasty one because that. When you look at that starting pitching, if you, if they're rested and they're ready to go and they can throw their three horses one two three at you in a three out of five series, it could be over in three games. I mean that that's kind of a nasty. That's who I don't want to face. Yeah. Um. I. I mean the Cardinals in a one game wild card with the Dodgers. That's more intriguing than any other team out there. I'll tell you that for sure. Um. Just because they can hit the snot out of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um. Are they going to go Wainwright in 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 a one game? I don't know. He, he I mean, beat them. He beat them. I mean, he's kind of got their numbers. So, do you throw him? That that's intriguing, and that's looking more and more likely at this point. Because don't the Cardinals have a three and a half game lead on the uh, next team behind him? I think so. Yeah, it's a it's yeah. a Cardinals, and then Cincinnati's three games behind them. Philly is three and a half games behind them, and then. San Diego is three and a half games behind them as well. So, you know, one of those, you know, that's going to sort itself out. That's going to be an interesting race, too. I was looking on the American League side. That's Boston, Toronto, and Yankees. Like, what the hell? That is tight. That is very tight. I keep looking at that wild card race. What I think I'm going to have to start doing on on off days like this when we don't play, uh, I'm really going to have to fire up that MLB.tv again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And start watching some of these games because they're getting, they're getting. Intense. I mean, yeah, in Seattle and Oakland. Yeah, Oakland's not that far behind. Yeah, They're only two games back. Yeah, Seattle's four games back. Card. I mean, yeah. Seattle's not going to sneak in. Their run differential is minus sixty-two. Yeah, but again, you never know. This time of year, weird things happen. So I want to see Toronto get in, just because I want to see that lineup. I want to see yes. Robbie Ray. I want to see Vladdy Jr. I want to see those guys in the playoffs. And it's always nice to beat the Yankees at stuff. So yeah. I, I would be <laughs> fine with that. But, you know, Major League Baseball wants the Yankees and the Red Sox to get those two spots. So Yeah, but Toronto going to Boston for a one-game wild card, that would be a fun game to watch. Um, I'm going to be... I keep, uh, I love it that we're going to be there, but we're going to be in Disneyland during the wildcard games uh, and heading back on the Friday, you know, uh, when, when all the other games start firing up. Uh, so I'm going to miss wildcard games uh, this year, but I'll have, you know, I got an earpiece. I can, I'll be listening. Yeah, I'll have to figure out, I might have to do some solo video shows, solo podcasts on those games. Yeah. I, I'm sure I, I might be able to find some folks to, to chime in to, but you know what, you know what this means is that, they better freaking win yes. while you're gone so that you can come back and do shows. That's right. Because if they, if, if we end up winning this division, then our game one is going to be on Friday uh, of the NLDS. And then game two will be on Saturday and I'll be driving home. So I can always pop it on the car on the drive home, which is great. I love listening to baseball and football driving down to LA because from here it's you know it's a good eight and a half hour drive, so yeah. it's always good to to have something to listen to. So driving down there, I'll uh, it'll be on uh, the Sunday, the last day of the season. So I'll be listening to that and the Rams game. I'll be going back and forth, and uh, hopefully we have it wrapped up. But I don't want a last day of the season, you know, heartburn fest going on. That that's that's no good for anybody. I know. All right, let's um. Let, let's kick uh, our our intro video in here, our intro audio for those just listening on the podcast, and then 
we will get into the meat of this show. Spadosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. So it looks like... Uh, Actually, why don't we just quickly, uh, before we get into the schedule, let's quickly do uh, show show folks what we're drinking. So, uh, yeah, I yeah. I took your suggestion on the stevia and tequila to a and and uh, citrus a citrus additional uh, addition with some lime juice. I took it to a whole new level. Oh, you leveled up, as Gordon Ramsay would say. So, <laughs> what I did is I went to Sprouts. And I looked at all nice. of their stevia sodas, and I said, "Huh, what is Mountain Stevia?" Oh, I like that one. And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, that must be Mountain, their version of Mountain Dew." Yes. And I thought, well, I, I don't think this stuff has any caffeine in it, right? Like stevia is—is is it stevia caffeinated oh, or non-caffeinated? Oh, it is. It's caffeinated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the Mountain Stevia is very caffeinated. Doctor Stevia. Got some caffeine. Okay. Zevia Cola, some caffeine. But that Mountain Zevia, you're going to be awake tonight. So so it's, <laughs> it's not a bad thing. But yeah, yeah. I thought, in what world would I have ever mixed Mountain Dew and like, you know, any sort of alcohol? Like, that just sounds dangerous, right? In the, in the world of... Uh, any college you've ever gone to, that, <laughs> but if you know, get your hands on, <laughs> you know, what's funny is when, when, so we, we both went to college at the same time. You're a couple years older than me, but I feel like right when we were in college, Red Bull had just come out. That was the because thing, that man. was the, yeah. what we were drinking back then was yeah. Red Bull, just nothing but Red Bull. Oh yeah, the Red, I I never had it the Red Bull and vodkas and stuff. I never got into that. But whenever we went to bars, people would always order that stuff, and I was like, it is not like I don't <laughs> want that. I would look at what was in the Red Bull, and I'm like, I don't even I don't even. So I've I've never to this day I've never had a Red Bull. Believe it or not, really, never, never. And I love caffeine. Just never ever have I had a, a Red Bull or a Rockstar or any energy drink, really, for that matter. Hmm. That's good for yeah. you, man. Um, okay, so <laughs> instead of the grapefruit uh, drink that we had last time, I just put the Mountain Zevia in there instead. So I'm pumped up. I'm feeling nice. good. I'm ready to go. What did you drink? <laughs> I went, you know what? I just went with a beer tonight, uh, kind of on the hops kick. The The temperatures are cooling down here in northern Nevada. You can look outside. You can see the nice clear skies. Finally, the smoke is gone. Um, we are down to, what are we at? 72 degrees was our high today, uh, which is great because when the smoke was in here, we were at like 102. Oof. We couldn't open the windows. It was brutal. So I had the windows open today and it was freezing in the house. <laughs> I ended up closing them up. And when the temperatures cooled down, and then when you get up in the morning, it's like 40. Uh, so we, we have the nice fluctuations because of the mountain air. So you get up in the morning, it's like 42 degrees, 45 degrees this morning. Uh, I love the hops during um, the really colder weather. Then I start to go into the maltier backbone beers. So I'm finishing up some good um, 
summary hop stuff. So this is Lead Dog Brewing out of uh, Reno, Nevada. We have one in Sparks as well. This is the Pineapple Passion. It is a milkshake uh, Northeast-style double IPA. Uh, It is brewed with pineapple. So you can actually taste the pineapple. Um, There we go. I'll show you the the glass. It's nice and hazy, nice and light colored, straw colored. And there we go. Too. But yeah, it is. It is very tasty. Uh, still kind of gives me that summer vibe, a little bit of Jimmy Buffett vibes. I like that. And uh, yeah, it's very good. My uh, stepdaughter, who was all of six years old, she was telling me how, uh, how much she just loves cheeseburgers. Oh, and I said, what about a cheeseburger in paradise? Yeah. And that's where I just get like the eye roll of like, oh, okay. she, she's like, yeah. it's like, I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> but I do know that it's some dad joke of some kind. Right. And so she just eye rolls me because she knows that yeah. even if she doesn't understand what the joke is, she just knows that that's what she's not going to put up with your nonsense. Mm-hmm. Did you do you got to play the song for her, though? I should. I definitely should. should. I should. And and then such another one, Jimmy Buffett song. I got my kids totally hooked on because if you don't know, uh, listeners, uh, I am a huge Jimmy Buffett fan. I am a parrot head through and through. Discovered Jimmy Buffett in 1985 ish from my parents, and I've been hooked ever since. But uh, you get your kids hooked on Jimmy Buffett easily by playing on. Go to YouTube, look up any live version of the song Fins by Jimmy Buffett, where they do the fins to the left. Well, on the screen, it's the other way. Fins <laughs> to the left, fins to the right. And then and then you just kind of go back and forth. And, and you see the whole crowd doing it. The kids will get into it. And nice. they think they're exercising, and it's the greatest <laughs> thing. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's quickly look at these last 12 games for each yeah. of these clubs. So Giants have three at the pot. They're off today. Right. After a... Four and three homestand, which, you know, this late in the season, everybody's sort of at the end of it. Both teams are at the end of it. Um, I, I, I was okay with the homestand. I, obviously, you know, I wish we would have played a little bit better against Padres, but winning two out of three yeah. versus the Braves, who are fighting for their lives, w- was really good. Um, and, and, you know, we can't, we, we're just so used to six and one and five and two weeks that four and three, which is great. <laughs> we're like, ah, oh, bummer. Yeah. Um, so at Padres for three, I should have looked up what the season series is at. Uh, and then at the Rockies for three. Now, the last time we went into Colorado, we swept them. I keep mm-hmm. saying that Colorado is like, sort of like the scary, you know, the, the scary team, Colorado at home is, is the scary team. And still, right. Colorado at home is 45 and 27. So yeah. if you if you look at home records in all of baseball, just at, actually, let's just look in the National League alone. Third best home record in all of baseball behind Dodgers and Giants. Mm. Now, if you go to the American League, there are teams in the American League like Tampa and Boston and Chicago and Houston who have better home records than the Rockies. But that, that, that's just a long way of saying this is not a layup. When we go into Colorado, they right. know how to play at home. Now, whether or not they, you know, whether or not they want to play like young guys or, cause I mean, Colorado's nine games under 500. They're not a terrible, terrible baseball team, but they're kind you know, that they're, that they're not, they're not Arizona with who, who may lose 110 games. 
but right. you know they're 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 also not uh you know so they're not terrible but they're not you wouldn't consider them a, a contender in any way shape or form but like it, it, let's say if they were in the national league east um you know they'd be sort of near where the Mets are. And we thought the Mets were a contender for that division yeah. for, for the whole season. Um, you go into the AL Central and they'd be right there with Cleveland in second place in the AL Central. So they're they're not they're, they're basically they're not the one of the worst teams in baseball. So the Giants yeah. will have to play hard. But before actually I should have mentioned this before. I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this. Yeah. So for that the for, for the audio, I put a picture yeah. of Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis arguing with each other. So that yeah. that's what the picture is. You play baseball. You go. That's what he yelled at him. You Machado told Tatis, "You play baseball. You go out and play baseball. This is not effing about you." Because he slammed Tatis slammed his helmet down when he took a questionable called third strike. Um, the manager had to go out, save his butt. So the manager got tossed. Tatis goes back into the dugout. The third base coach Dickerson starts, uh, and tells him, let's effing go, man. Let's go. Let's just get out there and play. And Tatis took offense to that, turned around, got Dickerson's face and the Machado squeezed in and said, Hey man, go play baseball. This is not effing about you. Uh, I mean, you know, you see it, right? It happens yeah. in on major league clubs. I mean, we saw, you know, Bonds almost kill Jeff Kent <laughs> one time in the dugout. But you don't see it on camera very often, yeah. right? It, it doesn't really happen like that. You'll get a pitcher yelling at somebody just because he got yanked out of a game when he didn't think he should get yanked out. You see a pitcher on the mound not wanting to come out, and he'll say a little something, give a little facial gesture to the manager. Uh, but you don't see that very often. Um, but it was ca all caught very clearly audio, video. Um, usually you'll go down into the clubhouse and kind of, or down the hallway and kind of take care of that business. But uh, they are imploding. Um, what are they, 77 and 70 also? Or they're not even that good, right? They are... They are 76 and 73. 76 and 73. Three games over 500. This is the club that was supposed to unseat the Dodgers and win the National League West. They put everything into it. And we know their story in the offseason. They put everything into it. They went out and got you Darvish. They went out and got Blake Snell. They tried to build this rotation that was unstoppable. Um, gave Tatis $340 million, Already had Manny Machado. Um you know, went and uh, made a couple of couple of trades near the trade deadline, but didn't get the big guns. They were going after Scherzer, didn't get him. Uh, going after Barrios, didn't get him. Um, so I think they got a little frustrated, and things started to kind of fall apart at that time, right after the trade deadline. Um, you never like to see it if it's your club. You, I mean, can you imagine if that's uh, Yaz and Belt? yelling at each other or belt and posy yelling at each, at each other. Uh, that's something we would not want to see football. Right. Absolutely happens all the time. Football is a highly emotional game. You play one day a week. Uh, guys are out there putting their bodies on the line in football. They yell and scream at each other, get in each other's faces. That happens. Baseball. You don't see that very often. Um, 
I, as a Giants fan, loved it. As if, if, but if I was a Padres fan, I'd be really nervous, um, thinking that this thing is really not going to happen this season. Uh, and then you got all this money tied up to, into a lot of guys. You're going to have a new manager next year. Uh, we've seen the pictures of Bochi. Uh, you know, hey, Bochi's going to be the new manager in San Diego next mm-hmm. year. I don't. I hate to say it. Love the guy. I mean, he did so much for us, but the game has passed him by. It's a little bit different now. The Padres will be going towards a Farhan Zaidi, um, Gabe Kapler type of regime. They see what's happening in their own division with the Dodgers and the Giants. If they don't get on board with that, this game will completely pass them by. Um, so they're going to need some sort of analytics. They're going to need some sort of um, – new new uh new way of doing things with video and uh you know 85 man coaching staffs like we have uh things like that so so i just when i saw it i thought well it was coming it, it was going to happen i see their frustration because they put everything into it and i'm just glad it wasn't our club so my question is yeah is this good for the giants that the Padres seem to be imploding. Now, they may get... Uh, it looks like Blake Snell could come back for the end of their of the series with the Giants. So it's possible yeah. um, that he would have only missed one start and he would return against the Giants. Uh, it looks like maybe Tuesday, probably the last game of that series. Right. Arietta got hurt. That actually hurts the giants because he's yeah, not that very does. good <laughs> yeah <laughs> um paddock uh he's also got an elbow injury it looks like he will also return against the giants so they have guys coming back but at the same time they have this internal strife and they have quite the journey to get to where they need to get to make the playoffs and, and to have that yep. one game wild card uh, against whether it's the Giants or the Dodgers. They, uh, they, have, they have some room to make up. So my question to you is, is this is the fight between their two best players or their two most alpha players in the clubhouse, is that <laughs> yeah. good or bad for the Giants? It, it really could go either way. And just talking about pitching matchups, I, <clears throat> I, I always love to look at, before we do the show, I always like to look at pitching matchups going forward for the next week because we do this show every Monday. So I always like to look forward. Um, between all six games that the, the Giants play this coming week, three against San Diego, three against Colorado, there is one starting pitcher named <laughs> for all three teams, Giants, Padres, Rockies, and that's Gossman going tomorrow night <laughs> yes. for the Giants. Other than that, it is all, even for the Rockies, it is it is all to be determined. Um, so, so just get that out of the way. <laughs> uh, I don't know if this is good or bad. It really could go either way. Could this fire up the Padres? Mm-hmm. It could, but I think the manager seems to be kind of losing the team at this point. Yeah. Uh, I think he, I can't remember his name right now. Um, I'm not a Padres expert, but if you want to look that up, um, yeah. I want to say Snitter, his name is uh, Tingler. 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 Yeah, Tingler. Jace, Jace Tingler. Tingler, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Jace Tingler is very close to losing his job. Uh, he's, he's got about 
12 games left, as a matter of fact, before he loses his job, probably. Um, so I, I think this team is kind of on the way down. The Giants can finish them off, and they need to. I mean, the Giants have to win games between uh, – the, the Giants would love to go 12-0 and 0 with the last 12 games of the season. They feel like every game is a must win game at this point you've got the Dodgers on your heels one game out um so whether or not it fires up the Padres or makes them down in the dumps the Giants don't care either way they're going to take at them no matter what they're going to throw Gossman tomorrow uh Gossman is going on his normal rest even though today is an off day he's still going to be slotted in tomorrow with his normal four days off they could push him out one more day then you're probably looking at a bullpen game on Wednesday, and then Thursday you're probably looking at Logan Webb. I think they like to do the old um, bullpen game in between the aces because Gossman can go seven, yep, eight, eight maybe. Webb can go six, seven, eight. Uh, so you want those bullpen guys to go in the middle because then you know who you have. Otherwise, if you go Gossman Webb, and then you got to go bullpen game on Thursday but Gossman and Webb don't get out of the fifth, each of them, then you're screwed for that game. It's rough. Um, Yeah, and Di Sclafani's been pitching really well. His last three starts have been fantastic. Cueto, long toss going on. But back to your question, because I I often just kind of ramble on. Um, (laughs) Back to your question. I think this dooms the Padres more than anything. Um, They're three and a half games out of that second wild card spot with 12 games left. If you see that with 12 games left and you're a Padres fan, you got to say, well, well, that's the end of that. That was a fun run this year for the first half of the season. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think that is any good for them. I don't think that fires them up. If that happens around the All-Star break, you've got time to recover and maybe gel as a team and use that as a little bit of a bonding experience. But right now, I don't, I don't, I don't think you do. I think, I think it's panic time. So the Giants... Uh, they probably need to win every single series. So whether it's three or two from the Padres, three or two from the Rockies, they got to sweep the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks have 48 wins this season. And then you get into the final series against the Padres. You have three at home. We'll see, you know, at, at this point, have the Padres gelled? Are they making their way? Are they closing the gap on that second wild card? Or are they kind of mailing it in that that will be a big thing for that series so if we look at the rest of the season for the dodgers they have uh uh they have where are we here september so they have three at the rockies like we just said Mm -hmm. uh and then they have three at the diamondbacks so you would imagine that they're just going to sweep the diamondbacks like that has to be a gimme and then they come home for the Padres, and then they end, like you had mentioned, the, the series with the Brewers. Now, the Brewers may just say, we're good. We have, you know, we have all of the things that we need, and we're not going to waste any of our guys. We're going to get ready for the playoffs. You also mentioned that if they are close to possibly, you know, record-wise, uh, when it comes to home field advantage in some of these series, they may take a chance. I just don't know if they're close enough to where it's going to matter by then. Yeah. Looking at the standings right now, the Dodgers are 96 and 54. The Brewers are 91 and 58. That that's a four and a half game difference. It's it, you know this week will be the tell 
Um, by the time we get to Sunday, we'll know for sure what's going to happen. Um, the Dodgers, like you said, I mean, they got the Rockies, they got the Diamondbacks. Um, they they could potentially just win all six of those games, and at that point, Milwaukee's not going to catch them. Because the, the other thing too is if if Milwaukee for some reason has to play the Dodgers, um, which which they could in the um, uh, NLCS, right? Because that's how it would line up. Because mm-hmm. we would end up playing the Dodgers in the first round of the NLDS, which again that is so painful. <laughs> uh, we, we've never played the Dodgers in in the playoffs ever. Yeah. And the one time we would, would it be in an NLDS? (laughs) It just, I I don't know. I mean, that's gotta be a seven game series, right? I mean, it's gotta be the NLCS. They got to realign that because in football, wasn't it years ago where you couldn't play a team from your division? This is when they only had like one wild card team though, but you couldn't play a team from your division unless it was the championship game. So AFC or NFC championship game, they had that rule. Like you just couldn't play them. And, and so they got to do something like that in baseball. You just can't play. I mean, Dodgers and Giants, that's a marquee matchup. You yep. can't have that. Um, you can't have that in the NLDS. Anyways. By the way, this uh, doesn't really mean anything because yeah. the 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 Braves, I mean, the Braves, the Brewers and the Dodgers, mm-hmm. they haven't played each other since April. Oh, All right. and the 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 Brewers took three out of four. I mean that 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 kind of means something because back in April, I mean you know, guys are just starting, to, especially new guys are starting to just kind of figure out their teams. Um, yeah, I mean that's God, that's a long time ago. Yeah, kind of crazy. <laughs> I, I would have thought that they played at least another series, but nope. They didn't. And Major League Baseball did a really good job the last couple of years, and then they kind of blew it this year. But um, where I think they had everybody for the last month of the season, you only played in your division, which was awesome. Uh, and then this year to, to end, you know, the, the I mean, could you imagine if the Giants and Dodgers finished the last weekend of the that season? That would crazy. Yes. I mean, that would be like, the Brian Johnson 1997 years all over again, but not, you know, not a two game series with a month left to go, but three games at the end of the season for the division, like the giants and Padres did, you know, back in 2010. So, um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, th- that was my point too. Uh, I don't think Milwaukee, let's say they're, three games behind the Dodgers in record with three games left to play. And they and they might have the potential of playing them in the uh, NLCS or um, yeah the NLCS. Would they throw pitchers to say, "Hey, uh, get one last look at their stuff"? Mm-hmm. Uh, you you might see them in a couple of weeks. Sure, maybe not. I mean, at that point, they might say, "We're going to throw three guys against you who won't be pitching in the NLCS in the first three or four games." So, right, might be a little bit of a different series. Yeah. All right, so let's get to the player of the week. All right. Player of the week. <clears throat> this one was tight. Let me do a refresh here because I want to make sure we got the right winner. We did. All right. So three, three guys out there. Uh, one guy has been my favorite this week. That's why I put him on there. But uh, so coming in, in in third, it was Evan Longoria with 14.3% of the votes. Um, 
Longo hit 278 this week, a 425 Woba, two home runs, six RBIs, two runs scored. Um, again, playing, you know, solid defense at third, doing what he does. Uh, coming in at second, um, my favorite player of the week, Dominic Leone. And I spelled his name wrong. <laughs> Dominic Leone. No, it's Dominic Leone. Uh, or Leone, I'm not quite sure. Um, but he came in at 35.7% of the vote in second place. Um, and he was my favorite this week because he had four games this week that he pitched in of the, what, seven games. Two of them were starts, pitched some middle relief, and he got a save also. So he had two starts, had a save. As we know, Mac Cheese has the oblique issue um, that's probably going to keep him out the rest of the season. Mm. Um, and then so, yeah, so we're trying to find a closer right now. The whole Tyler Rogers experiment, uh, the night before Friday night didn't work out too well. The Giants end up winning that game in extras. And then, so Dominic Leone throws on Saturday, the next save opportunity gets that one. He filled uh, multiple pitching roles for the week. And, and so I threw him on there. He ended up in second place with uh, 35.7% of the votes. First place, the great Brandon Belt. The Belt Wars continue. He hit 269, 413, or 415 Woba, three home runs, six RBIs, five runs scored. Um, you know, just, just doing the Brandon Belt stuff. Week, week in and week out since he's come back from being hurt. Guy has been super solid for the Giants. Um you know, doing his thing. There he is, the captain. Um, taking <laughs> you know his they're selling, they're selling captain shirts now. <laughs> yeah, you sent me that. I was like, ooh. Uh, no, I That's think the actual tempting. I think the actual giants are Ooh. selling captain shirts, I think. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. You gotta I'm, give I'm, yeah. I'm gonna have to figure that out. <laughs> but it's gotta be orange. I mean, you know, I like the black tape, but I think I think they should have used orange tape. That would have been pretty awesome. Yeah. But so, so Brandon Belt again doing what he does, man. He's just he's a solid player, just a such a solid. I don't know how you're on the wrong, how people can be on the wrong side of the belt wars. I'll tell you that you got to be on the right side. So let, let's actually talk about that because Grant Brisby wrote an article about uh, the next step for the Giants after mm-hmm. getting Crawford. Uh, under contract and getting uh, Buster Posey under contract, which hasn't happened yet, but they think that that's going to happen is Brandon Belt is next. Now, a lot of people I could, ima- I can hear their voices. Their, their voices are very clear in my ear right now saying <laughs> we had you know we we have the opportunity to get out from under him and 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 let's just put rough and let's just put flores and let's mm-hmm. find a left-handed hitter they can all play first base we don't have to watch him take a called third strike anymore that i can hear that in my vo- <laughs> in, in my head yeah and you can see it all over twitter just go to twitter right now type in brandon bell i'm sure but, but, but what i don't think people understand and and it's not very well publicized this dude has 26 home runs in 352 at-bats. I don't know what that prorates to in a 162-game series because he did get hurt, and that is one of the negatives with Brandon Belt is that he he often you know can, can take a few weeks off. It probably prorates to at least 35 jacks in, in, a, in a full season. Um, 
for his the, the one thing that's kind of interesting is his on base isn't as on fire as it was last year because right. in the condensed season he played 51 out of 60 games and his on base was actually 425 which is like insane it's like an insane yeah. on base in the year prior 2019 he did play 156 out of 162 games so he has had his years where he has not gotten hurt but i think the thing that is really interesting about this discussion is when it comes to homegrown talent mm-hmm. most of the fan base is like we got to keep him they signed Matt Kane to some a ginormous contract, and I think he was probably really bad in half of that. Half of that, we always yeah. wanted Lincecum to stick around longer, even when he was bad. We always wanted him to be be around. Buster Crawford, the fact that those guys are probably finishing their career in San Francisco is amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that same love for Belt for whatever reason, probably because, like you said, the Belt Wars. But if you just look at these last two seasons, in 142 games, he has hit 35 home runs. 35 home runs yeah. is a lot. It's not Salvador I'll Perez take, a lot. I'll take that. But if we uh, yeah. if we could re-up him for two years with Crawford yeah. and... Here's another thing that we can dangle out there, right? The possibility that the DH comes to the National League. Yes. Maybe this extends Belt's games played per season by not having to be on the field as much as he as he is. So there's a couple of things there that I think are really interesting as as to pros to re-sign him. Obviously, I'm a Belt fan, so you you know the, the, I'm a little biased in in this moment here, <laughs> uh, maybe a lot biased, but I just think that yeah. you know when you look at the if I if I look at it through the eyes of Zadie, you're if you can sign him to a very team friendly contract, I, I I mean I don't know maybe Brandon Belt's like I'm going for the moon man this is my last contract I'm gonna go play in New York and hit the you know play with the short porch <laughs> I don't imagine that's what he wants to do. But I just think it would be a pretty smart signing to take advantage of what looks to be him coming into his own as a power guy in these last two seasons. Because one of the things that you could have said about him going all the way back to when he debuted, remember remember he hits that home run off Clayton Kershaw in like his rookie year? Yeah. It's like 2011 and the Giants are on Showtime and they had that <laughs> they had that thing where they documented like the 2011 season and Belt hits yeah. a jack off a of Kershaw and Bochy's like giving where, him a uh, beer. Andre Torres uh, runs up the hill with uh, like pulling a tire or something like that what, in the Showtime. I, show. I don't remember. We need we need to rewatch that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's got to it's got to be on my Showtime. <laughs> I watched it. And I just cringed the whole thing. It was it was not enjoyable. <laughs> but we well, do that, need to go back yeah, and watch it. That season was rough too because <laughs> yeah, Buster gets hurt and then they Ooh. trade for Beltron yeah. and. Yeah, um, but it led to a great 2012. So, it, you know, l- l- let's go back a little bit. So Belt, uh, he plays 145 games in his second season with the Giants uh, in 2012. That's their second World Series championship. Mm-hmm. And he hits a very solid 275, 360 on base, but he only hit like seven home runs. So the power isn't there yet. 2013, 
uh, he hits 17 home runs, but he kind of straddled like the 18, 17, 14, 17 throughout the rest of his career until this year. So we either say this year's a fluke or with all of these new coaches and the Giants staff, he figured something out when it came to the power stroke. Because again, you know, we're talking we're talking last 142 games, he has 35 home runs. So that is a, a remarkable, it's like double what he was usually doing. So I don't know if we want to like put that in a bottle and like and save it and, and figure <laughs> out how to give it to other people or whatever it is. But if they can figure out how to bring him back on a fairly team-friendly deal, I think it is a pretty smart thing. Yeah, uh, especially, I mean, I kind of felt that way before reading Grant's article on The Athletic. But after reading the article, I really kind of, it just kind of dialed it in that, yeah, you're not going to find another guy at a probably doable price like Brandon Bell, especially if you want to try to lock up Chris Bryant and Gossman or go after somebody else. Um, can you go after Trevor story? Yeah, you could. Um, is he going to be as good as, um, you know, Chris Bryant? Can you move him around? No. So you're, you're probably going to want to lock in on Bryant. You're probably going to walk in, lock in on Gossman. Then you got Webb as your number two guy. Um, can you maybe hook disco for another year? Probably, um, would, I feel like that relationship has soured a little hmm. bit. So he they're going to pitch well the other day though. What's that? He did pitch well the other day. No, he pitched great, but I think the relationship with the whole COVID thing, um, you know, cause we talked about that you and me and, and, and your son, Brian, we talked about that on, on over text that I don't know, man. I, I think, I think the way the giants kind of handled that whole thing, he wanted to be private about it. They didn't want to be private about it, but I, I, I side with the Giants on that because it's like an injury. I mean, that's what it is nowadays. COVID is an injury. So you got to talk about injuries and say, well, yeah, he's not feeling great. Uh, so this is why he's out. You can't just, you can't, this day and age, you can't just say, uh, yeah, Wood is not pitching. Why? Mm, can't tell you. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, you, you can't hang tell nail. the fans. He's got, he's got a hangnail. Yeah, he's got a hangnail. He's got a blister. They put crazy glue on it. Remember they used to do that? Put crazy oh, glue yeah. on blisters. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I think then when, then, then when you start looking at other positions, yeah, after again, after reading Grant's article, do you want to just let belt walk and go somewhere else and get like a four or five year deal? Um, and then you're going to say, well, we've got rough and we've got Wade. Uh, that's more of a fluke than Brandon belt hitting the home runs that he's hitting this year. I think, I think Brand Brandon bell is a seasoned veteran at this point. It doesn't become a fluke. It becomes a, I figured some things out. That, that's what it becomes at this point. So I, I say you've got to lock them up two, three years, whatever it is, um, to it, to it 50. I, I don't know. Um, to I, it, I, I would, I would see if he's interested in matching Crawford's contract. Yeah. And that was two at 32, I believe 30, 32. Yeah. So, because uh, I mean, a first baseman, with belts on base percentage, even though it, has, it hasn't been as fantastic this year as it was last year, but but having you, you may be able you may be able to even 
get you know give him less because of the fact that there's a little bit of leverage with yeah. Wade, right? You may you may be able to yeah. to shave off a couple million there. Yeah, you might be able to. Um, and and then incentive load it. Um, you know, uh, the Giants are going to have the money next year. I mean, that's that. There's no doubt about that. Um, what's really got to be done, I think, before uh, the belt thing is, I think they need to figure out Posey. Uh, because that's a $22 million pickup of the option um, or what was it like a three or a $5 million buyout. Um, They're not going to buy it out. So they're going to need to kind of rework that deal. So Posey's not getting 22 million next year, Um, more like 15 million, uh, 17 million, whatever it is. Uh, So, so they got to figure that out first, see what they have left and then just kind of go from there. I think belt is going to be a priority. I think he's going to be like third on the list probably. Um, because again, they do have those in-house options. You can keep rough around. You can, I mean, you've got Lamont Wade jr. Locked up. Um, Giants don't really have anybody in the minors who, I mean, Joe McCarthy can play first base, right? Um, and he's mashing the ball in um, Sacramento. But but again, do you want to just throw a guy who doesn't have many major league games and say, well, we won 100 games this year, and uh, now, now we're going to throw a guy at first base yeah. who's you know played first base in the majors for about seven games and then go from there? No, I, I think I'm on the right side of the belt war. Let me just tell you that. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to keep him around for a really long time. I want him to retire a giant. I love yeah, the guy. that would be awesome. He you know what it, kind of, it kind of reminds me of mm. is um, when Will Clark left, mm. the Giants That's really painful. didn't have a guy mm. to replace him. Uh, Todd Benzinger, you know, he hit Ugh. 265, yeah. didn't really get on base. They had other guys. Uh, on the team like J.R. Phillips, who, you know, if you needed a key strikeout, like that guy was your guy. <laughs> yes. Um, I think Mark Carrion might have played a little first base, but he yeah. also, you know, the power, you would think the power is there a little bit more than it was. Yeah. So that that is the alternate universe if, if you do not bring Belt back because you can kind of pencil him in into, into what, he's done at least the bare minimum is, Oh yeah, he's going to hit almost near 20 home runs and he's going to get on base, you know, 360 on base. Um, I'll take that. Yeah. I I think we would take it because the flip side is, is that like you said, whether it's Wade or rough or whomever they have uh, could, could, it's just not, it's just, you cannot pencil those things in because you just don't No, 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 no. Oh, I remember remember who it was. It was Strawberry. They they brought in Strawberry. Remember Strawberry to play first base? Yeah, he did. And and Strawberry, he kind of heated up right before the strike, but he still only hit 239 with four home runs. And, you know, so it's like, it's like, yeah, they they were trying to create something out of, out of a a situation. And uh, Daryl Strawberry was brought in and, you know, he, he, Go ahead. Oh, no, I was, I was just I, I'm looking at Will Clark because I wanted to see what his I, I remember he had a pretty good year the first year he was in Texas. Oh, that's right. He did get hurt. Clark did get hurt because wasn't he still having the uh, knee and elbow issues? I think when he left the Giants, 
He played in 110 games. Well, that's right. He had a really good season, even though he did get hurt. It was strikes shortened. I forgot. It was 94, uh, 110 games. He hit 329, had 13 home runs and 80 RBIs when when, uh, the strike happened. 431 on base. That was the best on base of his entire career. That was ridiculous. Then, then, I mean, he went on, God, uh, he, he had so many great years after that. And the giants were still scratching and clawing to find a first baseman until, uh, JT snow came along. Yeah. The, the power wasn't really there anymore for him. Like he was more of like a, you know, 15 to 20 home run guy, but he always got on base. He, until his, until he retired in the year 2000, <laughs> this dude still hit 319 with a 418 on base percentage. That's crazy. I remember when he went to St. Louis and uh, he was traded to St. Louis in 2000, uh, finished up in St. Louis hitting 345 in 51 games, 12 home runs, 42 RBI. I thought, man. I would love to have him come back to San Francisco. 36 year old, 36 years old and he just called it quits after that. And I was like, no. You, you know, and and uh the the St. Louis Cardinals, they won their division mm-hmm. that season and then they just lost in the first round to the Mets. Yeah. They yeah. they kind of got beat up. Uh no, actually, sorry. They beat the Braves in the first round and then they lost in the NLCS to the Mets in five okay. games. And that was but, 2000 you know, when we played the Mets and lost to the Mets, right? So you had you had Big Mac who oh. um was hurt a lot that year. So that's where Clark slides in right. because Big Mac only played 89 games. <laughs> in those 89 games, he had 32 jacks. <laughs> <laughs> With a little help from his friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Jim Edmonds <laughs> hits 42 home runs that year. Jeez. Uh, yeah, no, he's, he... he's not named in, in, in no. being on the stuff, but... Did he hit in front of Big Mac, though? That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, you know who else was on that team? Even though he did play for the Dodgers for some of his career, I always thought he was like the coolest baseball player, Eric Davis. Oh, he yeah. was on that he... team. Sean Dunstan was on that team. So they had a lot of like vets kind of, you know, kind of filling out their bench there. Wow. But, uh, but yeah, so I I was like sneakily, um, sneakily rooting for the Cardinals just because Will was on there. If obviously the Giants couldn't do it, but right, right. uh, But, but yeah. So, all right. So let's end this show by quickly talking about some of our favorite divisional races mm. of yesteryear. And uh, you had brought up three major ones to me. Yeah. 1987, because the Giants hadn't won, uh, won a division in, gosh, let me let me look this up. It had been 16 71. years. Yeah, so 71. 71 yeah. when they won the uh, the division. So 16 years. You If you go to our YouTube channel, Brad put up the uh, the clinching out, as well as the post game show with Gary Park, where where Will Clark says the f word right yes. on broadcast television. He, he overmodulated. <laughs> You're overmodulating. <laughs> you also brought up 1997. Mm-hmm. They they clinched in game 161 against the Padres. And then you also brought up 2010. And how could we not forget 2010? Yeah. Um, 
that you know they they actually beat the team who they who was in second place in 2010 who who were the Padres. So let's talk. Let's go all the way to the back. 1987, they clinch in game 156. They had they were six games over the Reds. So not not too late. 156. You know that they, they they had they had some room there. Um, Don Robinson finishes the game i think after relieving Dravecki in in the fifth inning and uh, they win that game and then will clark goes nuts in the in the uh the post gamer but like what do you remember again what do you remember about that so what i remember so 87 is rooted heavily obviously in 86 because yes, that's when we got all of our, all of our young guys and and things started to kind of happen thompson to clark Thompson to Clark. There we are. Um, and so in 86, so 86, we got that taste. 87, we started to get a taste. Really, I mean, that team shot out of the gates. Uh, what were they, like 16 and 7 or something like that in the first month of the season? Um, but then by the All-Star break, they were starting to kind of fall off a little bit. And they were five games back. Um on August 7th of 1987 with Cincinnati and Houston coming to town. And both of those teams were ahead of the Giants. Cincinnati was in first. Houston was in second. Uh, so the Giants swept Cincy in four. Vivid memories of that uh, in August. Um and no, I'm sorry. That was September 7th. So September 7th. So swept Cincinnati. Then Houston comes in and the first game, that Monday night game, that's the game that I was at. I still have the ticket stub. Giants were down uh, 4-3 in the bottom of the ninth. Maldonado and Clark go back-to-back solo jacks, win that game. Uh, I think they lost the second game and then won the next one or two. Uh, and then ended up in first place at that point, and then kind of uh, kind of rode it out the rest of the season. But but it was my first taste of fourteen year old me sitting in front of the TV watching that game against San Diego, thinking this is what it's all about. This is what it's like to have a winning team. Uh, I never knew that before. I uh, never tasted that before. And to watch that game, I still had it on VHS tape. That's why it's up on our YouTube channel. Cause I finally during COVID, I was like, I got to start capturing all these VHS tapes. Yeah. Um, so just watching that, I remember throwing my hat in the air and just you know, <laughs> running around the living room. But, but that whole lead up to it, that whole chase going up to it and watching magic numbers learn, learning about the magic number uh, and everything else. So that was the first. So that you always remember your first, right? And, that, and that's how it goes. Uh, <laughs> so, so that was the first uh, chase that I remember. And that was super exciting. And I don't think I'll ever forget that. And I'll never forget the Giants losing in the NLCS and stinking Ozzie Smith pouring milk over his head. And I just that was so sad. I cried. I cried in my room. <laughs> All right, we're talking. We're only talking about the best ones, but yeah, yeah. this one was the worst by Ooh, far. A hundred percent. Ninety-three. I don't want to see that. You know, the only reason I bring this up, yeah, is because the Giants were so much in control of their own destiny. Yeah, and they went on like an eight-game losing streak or a seven-game losing streak, like right in the middle there, as the Braves were winning all these games. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that part. That um, was the brood. Yeah, that was the absolute worst part. The Giants didn't lose it on the last game of the season. Yeah, they lost it like a week before that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, okay, so let's go to the next one, which is 
1997. Yeah. It had been, let's look at this. It had been since 1989 when the Giants actually went to the World Series. And interestingly enough, in 1989, the Giants clinched the division after losing a game to the Dodgers because the Reds beat the Padres in 13. So mm. the Giants clinched a division by losing a game. Uh, on on uh, 1990, in 1997, it's game 161. They beat the Padres 6-1, to one, which means that they clinch over the Dodgers, who are in second place. In this game, JT Snow hits a two-run double. The great Wilson Alvarez <laughs> throws seven shutout innings, and the Giants clinch their fourth NL Western Division title. All created by a loss by the Padres. Uh, actually, I don't even know what that means. Uh, I'm reading from the the post that I'm that I'm looking at. That didn't make any sense whatsoever. But um, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. But yeah, they beat the Padres six to one, and they clinch with one game left to remain. So that one went close to the wire. What do you remember about this? I remember, obviously couple weeks before that the two game series against the Dodgers the Brian Johnson game the 11th inning jack where the Giants ended up tying the Dodgers for first place in the division uh I think it didn't did we ended up uh, end up going down a game I think I think we ended up going down a game at one point between then and the clincher um but I remember, I mean, obviously everybody remembers the Brian Johnson game. I don't know if you're sensing a theme here, though. It's like the big long stretches between uh, clinchers, between Western division races that like stick in my memory the most. So 97, 2000, I kind of remember, but it was, it was only three years later, right? So that's yeah. not on my list of the top three. Right. Um, but yeah, that Brian Johnson game. Um the day the Giants clinched and Barry Bonds jumping on the dugout, remember, hugging fans. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're like, who is this guy? This guy <laughs> doesn't like anybody, and he's out here hugging fans and giving <laughs> high fives and standing on the dugout. So that day, that was the Fox Saturday game of the week, uh, on the West Coast at least. Um, I recorded it on VHS. I still have that. I actually digitized that, so I've got to get that up on our YouTube channel as well. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I might have already actually done that. I think I have the last, I might have the last half inning up there. Cause what I try to do is the last half inning um, and then the celebration. So the bottom of the ninth, the celebration. Um, but I, I went to a wedding that day, recorded the game. I had the flu. I was oh. so, oh, I was very sick and I was in the wedding, but I couldn't miss it. But I must have had like a 103 degree fever because I I don't remember anything about the wedding. I was so out of it. Wedding ended, went home. It was a midday wedding, caught the very end of the game. I was laying in bed, shaking, shivering, sweat pouring down me, smiling under the blanket, <laughs> trying to get a smile. I was very excited. Uh, that that was a, a memory. I, I, again, another one I will never forget. Such a such a fun season. That was a great season. All right. So the the one thing that I just remember is Bonds. Like yeah. that was the first the first one with Bonds. We thought we were going to get it in ninety three. Didn't happen. Yeah. 94, 95, 95 and 96 were pretty painful seasons. So when they won yeah. it in 97, that, that was really fun. Yeah. So now let's go to 19. No, let's go to 2010. 
So again, after, another long stretch, another big long stretch. After '97, like you said, they uh, they actually clinch very early in 2000. They win the division in 2000 by 11 games over the Dodgers. So they clinch in game 152. Hmm. Then in 2003, they clinch even earlier. That was game crazy. 150. <laughs> they win the division by 15 and a half games over the Dodgers. Uh, so from the year 2003 to the year 2010, so seven years later, they clinch on the last possible day. They beat the Padres who are right behind them and who they had to catch that season, late in that season. And we have this picture and you can describe what this picture is. Oh, look at that guy. That guy's so that, chilling. For the yeah. audio is a picture of Brad in his giant shirt, his giant's hat. He's got a full goatee. He's got sunglasses. <laughs> he's got a beer in his hand. And this is the day of the clinch. Where, where were you? No, no. That was the day before. That was the day, the before, day, day before. You were in San Francisco. I was. In the bleachers. The in the bleachers at the Zito game. The day <sighs> before. The day we were hoping they would clinch, right? Yeah. That was the day... Zito didn't pitch too well. Padres tied us. Uh, but yeah, I was chilling at Squaw Valley with my brother-in-law. And um, we had our we had all of our Giants gear on, full Giants gear. Uh, and it was the Squaw Valley Oktoberfest because we're in Reno. Squaw Valley is like a 40-minute drive from here. Not too bad. Uh, so we try to hit that Squaw Valley Oktoberfest every year. Um, kids were at the grandparents. And so I had a few beers um, <laughs> and then and then a couple more too many after that uh and and so it numbed the pain of us not clinching that day but i do remember waking up the next day going oh man i don't feel too good <laughs> and, and so there's a starbucks in the village at oktoberfest there at uh, squaw valley so we walked down got some coffee hopped in the car drove back home got in home got uh home just in time for the game sat in front of the TV, watched the entire game. Everybody else slept. The kids were super young. They were like four and two. And then my wife also might've been hungover. <laughs> she took a nap. So I celebrated very quietly mm. in the front room, jumping and screaming and yelling and very quietly. Um, but I, so I vividly remember that. That was such a fantastic chase all year long. That was where torture was born. Uh, that three game weekend series against the Padres very hard to replicate because when you, when the MLB makes their schedules at the beginning of the year, they can't say who's going to be fighting each other for the um, playoffs at the end of the year. I'm surprised the Dodger, the uh, MLB didn't put the Dodgers and the Padres um, in the last three games of the season this year, because that would have been something. I mean, obviously they would have said, well, we're predicting this is going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think you can – it's really hard to replicate something like that. Uh, it's just totally by chance, but that three games against the Padres was just something to never, ever forget. So this game – you know, we talked about this game in the offseason um, when we were trying to figure out topics to talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'll quickly go over it again just in case there are folks who uh, hadn't listened to that podcast gosh where, where is it i just had it up um 
So SFJ. So it's game 160, 161. I'm there with my buddy Darren Reyes. He had the smarts to buy these tickets right. Uh, I want to say he bought them. There was a oh, I think it was at FanFest. So FanFest is in oh, February, yeah. right? So he bought tickets to game 161, thinking just possibly the Giants that this game would be a very important game. He was also right. Uh, so he invites me to come with him and we go. And uh, right away from the beginning of this game, <laughs> one Barry Zito just hurts all of our feelings. Yeah. So first he did that a lot back then. Well, well, you're so fired up for this game. You're like, oh, I could possibly get to see a clinch game. Now, the game was only four to two. Like to me, my memory is like they lost. Like, like in my memory, Barry Zito gave up like nine runs in the first inning. <laughs> right. But but it was only four to two. But immediately, Zito, first inning, base hit, base hit, sacrifice, intentional walk, and then he walks in two runs. Oh God! Right off the bat, right. So, you know, gets out of that, gets to the third inning. There's an error involved. That's not really his fault. And then in the fourth, he gets another walk and they, and they take him out. It was just like one of those deflating moments where you're like, okay, I'm fired up. Zito's got to be fired up. <laughs> like he's got to come like, you know, this is, this is going to be, he pitched in the playoffs with the A's. He's not, he wasn't like he was a rookie when it came to postseason or important yeah. baseball. And then he goes out three innings and walks four dudes and gives up five hits. So nine base runners in three innings. And you're just like, come on, guy. Can you at least, you know, can you at least do something nice for us after they signed you that giant contract? <laughs> it didn't happen. It wouldn't happen until 2000 and uh, was it 12? When, when, 12. Yeah. yeah he, didn't, so. he didn't force us to love him until 2012. Yeah. So. That's what I remember from that. But um, they lose. They you know they lose four to two. But next, um, you know, the next game was obviously great. I'm watching it. I think the I think there's football all day long. So I'm kind of going back and forth between the Niners and the Giants. And I think Jonathan Sanchez pitches that game. He hits like a triple, and he couldn't hit for to save his life. And so you just yeah. kind of felt like, oh, this this might be the thing. And then just seeing those guys run around the field in front of the home fans was amazing. So that's that's yeah. what I will always remember and uh, we'll sh throw the, the the photo up of pablo here on the, for the video yeah. show pablo very happy guy here uh big guy i, I forgot about the victory laps those mm -hmm. were fun that because again this was a special team uh it had only been seven years uh since they had gone to the playoffs but this was such a special team uh and i think they knew that they were special obviously because they had that locked in pitching minus Zito, but everything else was pretty locked in. Um, and, and so taking those victory laps was just like, Oh, I'm kind of feeling this. And that's why, you know, the other night when they clinched a playoff spot, uh, what was that Monday night of this past week? Um, it, it was, uh, yeah, I think we recorded the podcast and then, uh, and then the giants went on and, um, clinched a playoff spot that, that was fun. And, and seeing that team just kind of, um, go celebrate for a little bit. They didn't get too crazy, but <laughs> celebrate. And and then I was thinking in my head, I, I don't know about you, but I was going back and forth. I'm like, should they be doing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they still have 
to win the division. And at that point they were only a game and a half up. And I was like, eh, this doesn't feel right. But I thought it kind of tells you how special and gelled these guys are and how much they like each other, how much they like being around each other. So I, 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 I take that as a good sign. I go back to 14 Hunter Pence said that they should celebrate at every opportunity to celebrate. Cause the thing yeah. is just friggin' hard. Yeah. The season is so hard. So I always think about that when he said that and when it comes to the celebration, like, gosh, should we celebrate a one game wild card clinching? <laughs> should we wait? But, uh, you know, I, I, I'll go by what Hunter says. He, he understands the, uh, the mental strain and the emotional aspect to this, you know, just about better than anybody else. So, yeah. Uh, just, uh, just so you know, too, on Sunday, October 3rd, 2010, the Rams beat the Seahawks 20 to three. <laughs> nice. I don't, I, I don't even remember that. I, and I have Sunday ticket and I've had it since 1995 and I've watched every Rams game and I don't remember that. Well, those were good Rams teams, games. right? 2010. No, no. Bad. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's rare. You have a good Rams team. <laughs> Uh, they were uh, seven and nine under the great Steve Spagnuolo. Oh, wow. Mm, yeah. Well, the Niners were in the Mike Singletary era there. So, mm, so pants were down. Yeah. Pants were down. <laughs> we want winners. Uh, Alex, Al, Alex Smith. <laughs> it needs to be a little bit more tough. Yeah. All that I'll stuff. never, never forget those. Were right. It was, it was right before Harbaugh came in though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll yeah. be back next week and hopefully with one week left, we'll, we'll know a little bit more about how the season goes, but who knows? It may, they, these guys may go to the end. They may, we may go to game 162 before we I don't want to. I, I don't, don't want to. I don't. <laughs> Let's wrap this sucker up this week. <laughs> All right. So for Brad, I am Double G. See you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.